0: We are Area School District Today,
1: we are Area School District My name is Leah Swan, and I am the School and Community Liaison for the Eau Claire Area School District.
0: Hi, My name is Kuo, and I'm the Principal at Locust Lane Elementary School.
1: In this episode, we will be talking about Hmong family's journey to Eau Claire. In celebration of Hmong Heritage Month for April, joining us is our special guest, Charles Wu, longtime community member, Hmong historian, past Google <laughs> member, and parent of ECASD. Welcome, Charles.
2: Welcome, and thank you for inviting me here. Uh, the two things I want to add is uh, my Hmong name is Hu Vu, and it happened to be that April is the year that I came to Eau Claire originally from Thailand. That's so awesome. it's appropriate to be here today. Yeah. The other piece is that I was working for UW Claire for the past 23 years. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time I retired.
0: Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. I hope that you're you. re- you're enjoying your retirement so far.
2: Every minute of <laughs> it. Yeah.
1: Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that April is Hmong Heritage Month for the city of Eau Claire, mm-hmm. Yep. And so can you tell us a little bit more about that?
0: Yes. So Charles, I think that's a great connection that you made uh, about your family being one of the, or the first Hmong to come to America, or to come to Eau Claire, right?
2: I would say right now, I'm probably the only original Hmong in Eau Claire. My brother-in-law, who came to Eau Claire with his family in 1976, he was one of the four mm. original family.
0: Wow. Okay.
2: But right now, I may be the only one
0: <laughs> still residing in Eau Claire.
2: That that came in the seventies, in the olden days, uh-huh. between seventy-six okay. to seventy-eight. Yeah. That still resides in Eau Claire. Okay. You're right. Yeah. Um, later we were joined by leah and her family and Uh of course but she's a late comer sure right yes
1: (laughs) oh we're very fortunate that you stay here Uh and you still you know live here in Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: so just a, a very very short history about um Hmong heritage month On March 29th, 2019, Governor Evers proclaimed April as Hmong Hmong History or Hmong Heritage Month as a time to reflect on the sacrifices the Hmong people selflessly made for the United States and an avenue to celebrate the resilient, vibrant, and deep culture that the Hmong bring to Wisconsin. And depending on the generation, like we were just talking earlier too, that it, we can't speak on behalf of everyone, but when we talk about celebrating or Hmong heritage month or history, it means different things to different generation. Um, so it could mean, you know, celebrating our resiliency and the strength of overcoming adversity through our history. And to some, it may be celebrating identity and just spreading awareness of the Hmong history and culture. Um, Charles, you may have a little bit more of information about like, why April?
2: Sure. Um, first of all, it's like the Eau Claire community where it's celebrating its 150 Mm -hmm. birthday. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, Hmong heritage month is similar to that in ways that April happened to be the month that Zonkai and his family came to Eau Claire. Mm. And it's the same that I our family came to Eau Claire. And Eau Claire's birthday is March 29, mm. but it was not adopted officially mm-hmm. uh, until that March 29th, so okay. March 29 was selected as the birthday for Eau Claire, mm-hmm. and Hmong select April because that was the first month that Hmong arrived in Eau Claire, mm-hmm. I
3: see. but
2: coincidentally uh, that date April was selected because it's different from Asian Heritage Month, which is May. Mm. We are in the Midwest. If we were to follow Asian Heritage Month, then we would be overcast, over dominant
3: mm-hmm. by
2: Asian Heritage Month, and I believe Hmong in the mid, in this area are the Asian uh, majority group. So April is distinguished from Asian, plus April happened to be the first month that Hmong refugee came to Okland. Mm-hmm.
3: Wow.
1: Yeah. And so, of course, it sounds like Governor Yves also proclaimed oh. April as Monk History Month, but then the city of Eau Claire Correct. Also. City of
2: Eau Claire first proclaimed that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then later the s- uh, state recognized that oh, with okay. They follow up proclaim.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and I th- believe the reason has always been the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, A is for citizens, including Hmong citizen, to remember its heritage, mm-hmm. its history, uh, to celebrate its experience that come with success and struggle. Mm-hmm. And last, I believe we are looking forward to add contribution mm-hmm. to yeah. Wisconsin, to Eau Claire, wherever we are.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, those are really important because I think if we don't have um, things like this, it's easy for us just to keep living our lives and then kind of forget about mm-hmm. where we came from right. our culture and practice, mm-hmm. and, and so that's very important to have to have that. Mm-hmm. And so we're very fortunate that our you know city is you know recognizing that, yeah. and then. Our governor Dan yeah. also recognized mm-hmm. that. So that's a very important piece. Um, and, you know, so with that, I know in the Oakland area school district, um, among students, it like does the largest minority population in mm-hmm. school yeah. district, right? Yep.
3: Yeah.
2: Yep. And I think the K 12 also echo what the Proclamation at the city council took place, mm-hmm. and city council proclamation in Eau Claire took place as a pressure from UW Eau Claire
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, monk student um, first start long mm-hmm. heritage month.
3: Sure. Yeah, and Yes. And UW Eau
2: Claire student include uh, residents like um, my Ningba. Mm-hmm. She led a group who lived in, in the dorm, mostly mm-hmm. made out of Hmong students. They go to class together, mm-hmm. they learn about Hmong history, Hmong culture, Hmong experience on a monthly basis for all uh, year long. Mm-hmm. So she and her residents came up with Hmong Heritage Month from April. Mm-hmm. okay, And that led to the city okay. uh, making that uh, Bill or proclamation. Mm-hmm. And then the district um, echoed that. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Individual a teacher mm-hmm. from the district yeah. mm-hmm. would put together event.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, formerly from downtown, I believe we're still waiting for a template, a general guideline but we're still waiting yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> well wow. i think the commitment of the eau claire school district to be more culturally responsive and to be inclusive of everyone mm-hmm. that um i i hope that you know we will do better for our student of color right. and so yeah. by mm-hmm. um you know Doug, i mean by governor evers you know making this proclamation in in eau claire school district being the first of a lot of school district in Wisconsin to even have like um, Hmong history courses mm-hmm. um, and, and, and Hmong history and Hmong language and culture courses at the high school too. We are one of the very first districts to take those steps. So.
2: Next to Appleton, I believe. Next to Appleton. Oh, yeah. Appleton okay. actually had course in lieu of phone uh, language mm-hmm. course. Uh, in okay. the middle and high school.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think that's wonderful because I think that's also something that we um, are lacking and just mm-hmm. collaboration with other school districts, you know, even mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, Hmong community and just finding out what other school districts are doing yeah. too. So yep. maybe that is something, Charles, like, like yeah. you said, that we can get together and look at what other school districts are mm-hmm. doing. So maybe we yep. can... But like you said a template together yeah. like for here Heritage Month I know a lot of schools they are like doing their own different things mm-hmm. correct yeah, yeah. Correct. Um, but yeah. it'll be nice to have
0: unified in uni- those yeah exactly things yep. that we do yeah. and mm-hmm. you know like going back to your question earlier is like um uh, how many students Hmong students do we have in our local school district so if we were just a small population mm-hmm. of our the minority or the um uh, student of color in our Community, um, you know, it's one thing, but we do have a large, you know, uh, population of our Hmong students here. Mm-hmm. So we need to celebrate their history. We need to celebrate their heritage. And so um, in our district, we have about 1,090 Asian students. And um, looking at that, um, you would say that maybe about 1,000 of sure. those mm-hmm. students are Hmong students. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I,
2: for me, it's not just celebrating. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, I want to do more on contributions.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, for example, a Hmong student growing up, not being able to speak Hmong language, mm-hmm. that student struggle from preschool all the way to high school, college, and then at the professional level. For example, a teacher who happened to be a Hmong student who speaks no Hmong language, and that person graduated from college, go to teach, mm-hmm. and he encounter Hmong parent, he or she, is he going to utilize a mom interpreter
3: mm-hmm. in
2: order to communicate with a Hmong parent? Mm-hmm. That is a disservice
3: mm-hmm.
2: of mm-hmm. our community yeah. to our citizens.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. So
2: it is a matter of um, communication uh tool that we are allowing our student to have a skill set so that they can be effective mm-hmm. in their work setting mm-hmm. at the medical setting yeah. educational setting and uh customer service mm-hmm. setting
3: mm-hmm. everywhere mm-hmm. yeah so I...
2: as long as we keep on saying that this is heritage then is not at, as an urgent right, of right. A need. that's
0: true mm-hmm. yep and that's what i i also want to emphasize that this heritage and celebration is just the very beginning correct but eventually we want our work to permeate through everything that we do and so that we just that we would move to be more culturally responsive in everything Mm -hmm. that we do and even just even our our own students our mong students Mm -hmm. like you said too that they wouldn't rely on anybody else to communicate with their own people, right? Yeah. Yeah. Also, Uh the
2: Mika people, the mainstream, Uh well, began to see people like human beings,
3: Uh
2: once they are able to engage people at the people level, through Mm -hmm. language, to culture, through food,
3: Mm -hmm. so
2: uh, we can coexist.
3: Yeah. in the same
2: community, (laughs) respect each other's uh, differences. And the way to do that, you have to introduce with food, with language, mm-hmm. with uh interaction.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think we need to get into a deeper level. You know, mm-hmm. like how I always suggest is that we need to practice in every day. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> not just wait until April and we're gonna learn about heritage exactly. and culture. Exactly. But how do we make Hmong history and culture, Hmong language, a part of our daily lives, you Mm -hmm. know, which goes back to what you said about once a Hmong student becomes a teacher and they go back to teaching, you know, and when they have communication with uh, Hmong parents, are they going to use English or Hmong? And I just want to share this experience that one of our uh, teacher who is a Hmong uh, person that is teaching right now and uh, I've been able to attend some of the parent teacher conferences. And when the Hmong teacher speaks Hmong to the parents, mm-hmm. you can see like the facial difference on the Hmong parents' faces. Yes. Like, huh? Their yes. whole, like they smile, <laughs> they're just like, oh yep. my gosh, you know, like yep. you can talk to me in my language, right. we can understand each other. Yeah. And you just see the interaction yeah. It's at yep. a whole new level yeah. than when they, have to speak to somebody who doesn't speak their language right. and doesn't understand what they're coming from, mm-hmm. you know. And then they have to go through an interpreter. Then you know their face is just like, "Oh, okay, yes. it's, it's business." But yeah, and so there's student,
2: like my daughter, mm-hmm. who's who was born in, Eau Claire and grew up in Eau Claire, and she is looking at Mister Moa mm-hmm. at the long, with full respect. Yes, it's yes. so cool to be in Mr. Moore's yeah. class uh-huh. this morning. She said, oh, that's Mr. Moore walking yeah. as yes. I drop her off right. at school. Yeah. Or she would go to his class and I said, oh, one of my favorite classes being able to identify or be connected with a mm-hmm. monk teacher. Right.
3: Yeah. So yeah. it
2: goes to the idea of self-esteem. Mm-hmm. It goes to a, the idea of mentor, mentee, mm-hmm. role model. Yep. I want to be like Mr. Moore yeah. when I grow up. Right.
3: Sure. Or if yeah.
2: Mr. Moore can do it, I can too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. that this community is receptive to people like us yeah. to mm-hmm. be at the professional level.
1: Right. Yeah. That so we can be much more. Yeah.
3: Indirectly,
2: mm-hmm. we enhance our students' uh, confidence
1: mm-hmm.
3: being
2: a student, yes. being a person. Yep.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
2: if the district really want to have full impact, and strong impact and consistent impact we need to look beyond just Hmong benefiting from teaching Hmong
3: mm-hmm.
2: or learning Hmong. it's the uh, Hmong professional and i would say the non-mong professional too mm-hmm. so similar to what you're saying leah i'm waiting for the day when a Hmong parent go to a teacher conference a, a white teacher would speak mom
0: right. to mm-hmm. a Hmong parent. Mm-hmm.
2: Imagine the power.
0: Oh my gosh! Right. Yes, that uh-huh.
2: that would bring to the table. Uh
0: uh-huh. Right. Yeah. For yes.
2: parents and teachers' engagement. Right. I think that will go up.
1: Right, or even just feeling comfortable saying that, um, you know, I can, I understand their culture. Mm-hmm. I understand what they're coming from. Too, it's very powerful. Yeah. And that kind of like still kind of falling back and say, I'm not really sure how that how i should say that Mm -hmm. or how are they going to Mm -hmm. you know take what i say you know but again like kind of go back to what you say earlier about being more culturally
0: relevant Mm -hmm. Um, exactly yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah charles that would be very very ideal if our teachers could (laughs) communicate in the language like i i need to be I want to learn Spanish, too, because when my families come through this door, Mm -hmm. my English-speaking families come through, I can greet them. My mom Mm -hmm. families come through this door, I can greet them. Mm -hmm. When my Spanish-speaking families come through this door, I want to be able to provide that same service and same, you know, welcome environment for them, too, you know.
2: It is. It is a, if you look at it, it is a cultural environment that you have to establish Mm -hmm. and that include the cultural of the language that that school Mm use and it can be very small to very intense Mm
3: -hmm.
2: knowing a few basic uh Spanish or Hmong language that in itself will serve as icebreaker
3: Mm -hmm. uh, piece Mm -hmm.
2: like when you meet someone hi how are you or uh, mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: things like that will yeah. will warm up to right, right. So right. why can't we begin with small things like mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Plus, I believe you will begin to get a sense of, oh yeah, I know how hard it is mm-hmm. because I tried. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying our is superior mm-hmm. or that that other is too difficult. I won't try. Right. So yes. how, how, what kind of role model are you setting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. If you have that kind of attitude.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, very true. Yeah. So with that, I know like Kua, you mentioned a little bit about the number of Hmong students mm-hmm. in the district already. Mm-hmm. Um, Charles, do you know about how many Hmong people live in the Chippewa Valley?
2: I would say in a given year, we have around 3,000 to 4,000 mm-hmm. depending on what season uh, um, of the year. Like people would migrate to here and there or from somewhere to Eau Claire. Mm-hmm. So the number changed mm-hmm. between 3,000 to 4,000 in the Chippewa uh, sure. area.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But
2: mostly young people, though, yes. school yeah. age.
1: Yes. Really? I mean, you really think that if we are around 3,000 to 4,000 and about 1,000 of it mm-hmm. are K 12 students, that means that our population um, is very young. Yes. I mean, it's Yeah. Here, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and so that's that's more important to catch them when they're still young yeah. right <laughs> so that they can learn more about where they came from mm-hmm. who they are you know and, and about their culture and their history yes. and not just that but empower them to feel um powerful enough where they're not afraid to to be who they are right. and not shy yeah. away mm-hmm. but really be proud of yes. who they are yes um, so that they then can be successful
0: in mm-hmm learning yeah about other cultures right i think to bring them to pride with Mm self-confidence pride with um you know the respect for their community their culture as well Mm -hmm. too and
2: pride is one way to uh, highlight or to lift Mm self-esteem and an identity Mm -hmm. but i think what's more important is um the identity part if a child does not know him or herself, mm-hmm. it's difficult for that person to be focused yeah.
3: mm-hmm. in yeah. school. Right.
2: So mm-hmm. if that child is lost, mm-hmm. lost at home, lost at school, then it's a lost community member. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah.
2: So having something to help him or her know um, where his or her family came from, uh, who she is, yeah,
0: the roots that will of the, help yeah, them uh-huh. move forward yeah, yeah, right. as a person. Mm-hmm. So, um, Charles, can you tell us or tell the listeners a little bit about Mo history? Yeah. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I like I said
2: earlier, this is perfect time to be mm-hmm. talking about. Hmong history, because like I said earlier, Eau Claire is celebrating its 150 birthday. And it talks quite a bit about how Eau Claire uh, came to be. And it's important that Hmong too know how it came to be added to Mm -hmm. Eau Claire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as you can see, originally Eau Claire was established due to French trader mm-hmm. uh, they came to contact with the native people in the 1800 and they brought the European brought with them with the trading skills with uh, um, commodity that they brought from Europe to the to the community and then bring what they can got like fur mm-hmm. here to Europe. Monk people came to Eau Claire as refugee.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: French people came to Eau Claire as trader.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Later on, the Norwegian, uh, uh, Sweden, uh, Sweden uh, and then German, German mm-hmm. came to Eau Claire for lumber. Mm-hmm. So, monkey people came to Eau Claire for what? We, we <laughs> want to know that,
3: yeah.
2: and we came mm-hmm. to Eau Claire as refugees. Yeah.
3: Yeah. We
2: came to Eau Claire to survive,
3: mm-hmm.
2: to make home, mm-hmm. to right. make new home. Mm-hmm. So if it's our home, then we want to make our home hospita- uh, hospitable and, and warm and, and, and uh, clean so that we can continue to be proud calling it mm-hmm. as a home.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Uh, we came to Eau Claire, it's only a, a 46 years ago. Mm-hmm. That was back to 1976. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah,
2: The people who came to Eau Claire, that was 150 years ago. So we only have a quarter right. experience <laughs> in the in Eau Claire community.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: But mm-hmm. if we look at the history now, it will help us think about what our history tomorrow will look like. Mm-hmm. So in other words, set the, the review the history up to now will help us think about what we do today will make the history tomorrow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and children listening today that monk came to Eau Claire as refugee in 1976 uh, a lot of the elder who came during that time are now like me retired mm-hmm. we didn't think we would go this far we would come to this far. What
0: an accomplishment!
2: Right? Yeah, <laughs> yes, but, but yes. what we did then, <laughs> yes, uh, what we yeah. did then, has education oh, today. Yeah. Uh-huh. We a lot of us did not have English, but we knew that education uh, will be the key. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of elders, Hmong elder, in Chicago area and almost all over in the U.S would congregate to Wisconsin because mm-hmm. Wisconsin and Minnesota provide strong educational yeah. support for adult mm-hmm. education.
0: Mm-hmm. And that that answers my question, too, because I was going to ask you and my husband and I had this conversation um, over spring break, too, and, you know, we know that. Uh, the Lutherans and you know the Christians yep. sponsored a lot of the Hmong families. Yep. But after living in Wisconsin, knowing like, oh yeah, we're here and we know like this is not the same climate and as what we're used to, why didn't Hmong people like move more towards but yet we continue to expand in the Midwest here in Minnesota and yeah.
2: We we came to Wisconsin due to the uh, Catholic, uh, Catholic, Catholic?
0: Catholic and yeah. Lutheran uh,
2: mm-hmm. willingness mm-hmm. to go out and bring refugee mm-hmm. or accept Sponsor, refugee yeah. mm-hmm. through sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the government allowed that because the government in the U.S. want to reduce the burden
3: mm-hmm.
2: of a organization or one family taking care of new refugee. Mm-hmm. But as a turned out, refugee came to Eau Claire, they have relative, they right. have family. Right. So yeah. family want to follow their, mm-hmm. uh, each other mm-hmm. to where mutual supports are. But before that, A, whatever the Lutheran uh, congregation accept a refugee, by default, you go to that place.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then B, once you get to that place, uh, your family member want to reunite with you.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And a lot of people want to be united in this area of Wisconsin and Minnesota because uh, we start with more numbers of refugees to begin with.
1: Can you just talk a little bit about before the refugee? Like how do we become refugee in the kingdom? Sure. Just sure, for those sure. who maybe like haven't heard <laughs> about the story about how we got here. Like, I mean, I know you talked about how we got here, but like why did we come to America?
2: We may want to back up just one, mm-hmm. one uh step. And that is Hmong people originally came from china mm-hmm. as you remember yeah. that
3: yeah
2: and we'd never have a home
3: mm-hmm.
2: our home if we were to say it was in china
3: mm-hmm. so
2: laos where Hmong came about 200 some years ago was a temporary country until the um vietnam war got started the Hmong people were invite or recruit to assist with the united states to prevent communists from taking over Laos, and that war lasts about 15 years, so the United States pulled out of Vien- South Vietnam, it also pulled out of Laos, where Hmong was helping the United States, um, preventing that communists uh, taking over Laos. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay.
2: So as early as the United States pulled out in 1975, right nineteen, right after 1975, the Hmong people, put, a few of Hmong people who were uh, working closely with Megha, including my brother-in-law, Kai Moa. Mm-hmm. Kai Moa was a U.S. aide,
3: mm-hmm.
2: so okay. he has the English uh, basic skill, Okay, and that was believed that he would make it if he were to uh, be allowed mm-hmm. to come to the U.S. Mm-hmm. So only about 300 Hmong family would be allowed to come to the United States mm-hmm. in 1976.
0: Right after General Ving Paul's family left, then your family left not too soon after that. Then,
2: correct. Mm-hmm. It was 1975 that the boss family flew to Thailand, mm-hmm. and then right around 1976, he, uh, his family came to Utah to Wyoming,
3: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and then 76, his family was scattered. Mm-hmm. In the U.S., mm-hmm. not one particular state. Okay, it's wherever they can be sponsored, mm-hmm. and they need to be s- spread out. Sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Did uh, your brother-in-law's family have to go to a refugee camp in Thailand too, or did they come straight to the U.S.?
2: I would say almost all Hmong people, ninety-nine okay. percent, had to be re- have to be temporarily um, housed in a, yeah. in mm-hmm. a third yeah. country, in a second country okay before coming to the u.s mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so 1975 kai moa and his family went to thailand
1: okay
2: about a couple months later from there his family then came to the u.s in 1976.
1: okay Koa. Cool. looks like we covered a lot yeah this is a Today's lot of uh, heavy content
0: but yeah. um, very powerful that we can have this conversation. Right,
1: and yeah. a very honest mm-hmm. conversation. Yes. And so we would love to thank you, Charles, for taking the time mm-hmm. to join us today. Mm-hmm. Um, and we you know, look forward to having you come and join us again in the future.
0: Mm-hmm. And so thank yes. you for your time. Thank you for allowing us to pick of your brain course, and uh, share your your not just knowledge but your experience with us. And that this yeah. is just the
2: starting. Uh-huh. I believe we have to do <laughs> Long Heritage Month every day. Uh, yes, I, right. Yeah. I yes. agree. At I home think, in the yeah. community, mm-hmm. at work, yeah. yeah, we have to do as many as we can, little mm-hmm. to big. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. So. Uh, with that, we would like to thank all our listeners for listening mm-hmm. with us today. And we hope that you will stay tuned and that you will come back and mm-hmm. listen to our next episode again. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. chao and Shinji Dua.
2: Shinji Dua.
0: Kachow, ECASD, Jennings <laughs> Area School District, www.ecasd.us <laughs>